Howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and Hop. I'm your host, Matt King, with my co-host, Mike Sheffer. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I sure am. My life is great. I'm a married man now, as you can tell by my left hand. I got a ring on my finger. I know I've talked about it on multiple podcasts already, but I just want to say the married life is great, even though I haven't seen Patricia. Patricia's out of town. She's uh, did a bachelorette party right after our wedding, and then... Uh, She's staying in town for her niece's uh, first birthday. Where's the bachelorette? Bachelorette was at Lake Martin, at her cousin's lake house. Lake Martin. Have you ever heard of it? No, I'm trying to think of where that could be. Uh, It's Michigan? No, it's in Alabama. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. <laughs> it's in, yeah, it's right outside of Birmingham. It's a fantastic lake. Um, just prior to that, we were talking about different drinks and beverages. I think we can bring that back up. Okay. S- Sex on the Beach. Do you remember what's in it? Uh, yes, it's uh, vodka, peach, schnapps, orange juice, and cranberry juice, right? Say that one more time. Vodka, orange juice, peach, schnapps, and cranberry juice. Perfect recollection. There we go, baby. Uh, we were just talking about funny alcohol names. So the smooth cocktail was invented in the 1980s by Ted Pizio, a bartender <laughs> in Florida who took the challenge to sell the most peach schnapps in the area by... Creating a unique cocktail with success. And it was called originally the Sex on the Beach? He or? named the cocktail after two reasons he believed drove tourists to visit Florida during spring break. Sex and the beach. There we go. So he called it Sex on the Beach. But that's an interesting, like, they probably, they, the bar he was working at got a huge delivery of peach schnapps. And they're like, all right, guys, we got to sell this. Like, <laughs> someone come up with a way to get this off the shelves because no one is drinking this. What could we do? Come up with Sex on the Beach. Brilliant. Other funny ones. Bahama Mama. A great recipe, considering consisting of crushed ice, orange juice, pineapple juice, regular rum, coconut flavor rum, and grenadine. And Matt, for all the marbles, do you know what is in a tequila sunrise? Tequila sunrise, that's orange juice and tequila. That's And one of, more drink. And one more. Uh, is it schnapps or is it like a soda? Close. Grenadine. Grenadine. Do you Grandma. know what grenadine is? Um, no, but when I was a server at uncle julio's we had to like take a test and like learn what was in all the drinks and i remember grenadine i think you used to call it grandma it's like a really sweet syrupy kind of i wouldn't call it a bitter but it's a uh it's made from pomegranates and it is a non-alcoholic bar syrup characterized by its deep red color there's no alcohol in grenadine no it's just a cherry syrup oh it's not a cherry contrary to popular belief grenadine is not a cherry flavored syrup maraschino cherries have nothing to do with it it's made from pomegranates. Okay. And you can make it at home. Grenadine sounds like a crazy fancy word, but I've uh, never I never had any of this stuff. Are you a snow cone guy? Love a snow cone. Yeah, me On too. On a hot summer day. Um but yeah, at the if I'm ordering a cocktail, my go to, which is very, I think, basic white guy at this point, but an old fashioned. Right. Just and what's in an old fashioned, Mr. Think, Don Draper? I think yeah, it's just uh whiskey. Yes. Ice, an orange peel, I think some syrup, and bitters, which I also don't yeah, know what Yeah, there's like a little are. bit of like red orange color in it. sugar in it too, maybe. But it's just so delicious. And I don't like being overwhelmed when you get a cocktail menu and it's like, here's our list of whatever. And it's pineapple-infused serrano pepper. Like, I, I just want to enjoy my pizza, have a little cocktail. The worst is when I made a mistake of ordering a Manhattan instead of a... Oh, right. Instead of an old-fashioned... Because they're completely different, and I don't know what's in a Manhattan, but I know I don't like that. Do you like a Cosmo? Have you ever had a Cosmopolitan? No. What's that? Uh, it's it's like not pinky. like a girly drink. It's like pinky looking. Pinky? Yeah. It's like yeah. It's a pink. Let's see what's it's in like that. It's like a pink color. I feel like that was Carrie Bradshaw's uh, favorite drink in Sex in the City. Isn't that wild? How like one piece of media can just completely put something on the map, uh, like Pinot Noir with Sideways or whatever the drink they had was. Oh yeah, don't drink the Merlot. Yeah, killed Merlot sales. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you know there's a whole thing about James Bond? You you know how he would say uh shake and not stirred and you know why he says that mm, no it I deals don't. with like being poisoned i'm pretty sure like it's a way to determine if like by making sure that it was shaken and not stirred means that like the bad guys couldn't put something in it yeah i'm pretty sure can you look that up if there's yeah, like, a meeting behind that I, because i'm pretty sure i heard that recently a cosmopolitan also comes in a girly looking glass yeah i know that's the worst when you order a drink at a bar and it's one of the cocktails and it arrives and you're like i didn't know it was gonna look 
this feminine. And all respect to feminine drinks, but as a guy, sometimes you don't want to be there in like the little martini glass. Though I do love a dirty martini. Uh, oh, yeah. It gets that nice little olive uh, juice in there uh, and vodka. Let's answer your question. James Bond prefers his cocktails shaken and not stirred. A traditional martini is stirred rather than shaken, but Fleming's character, Ian Fleming being the author, said that the author preferred his martinis shaken because he believed it preserved the flavor of the drink. Oh, so there's not like a spy espionage like tactic when ordering it. That I mean, it sounds reasonable, but yeah, another source also says he thought a stirring a drink diminishes its flavor, which kind of sounds like fake news. They're both going in a circle. All the ingredients are getting mixed up. I don't know. I got nothing to say. Shaken, not stirred. But I, I will say book recommendation, Matt King Book Club, Kitchen Confidential. Isn't it amazing? It's so good. Oh, I can't, I can't put it down. I, you know, I've always been on the fence about Anthony Bourdain. Like, uh, when he was around and he was popular, he okay. wasn't really like my cup of tea. I'm a Samantha Brown kind of girl. Do you know who Samantha Brown is? <laughs> I don't. For the people out there who know Samantha Brown, you're a real one. She was on the Travel Channel. Okay. And she, I'm pretty sure it was the Travel Channel and, or Discovery Channel. And she would go stay at like awesome hotels and resorts and uh, tourist locations. It was kind of like Rachel Ray, $40 a day kind of thing. Okay. And, uh, but An- uh, Anthony Bourdain, when I was like younger, I was like, this guy goes halfway across the world, has like a bite to eat, and, and just says, it's okay. But I didn't realize there was so much more to that man. There's and also two shows that he did. Yes. No Reservations and Parts Unknown. That's right. Parts Unknown was the one that was like very fucking cool. Now, to back it up, Kitchen Confidential was a book he p- put out in yes. 2000, like yes. pre-9-11. Yeah, he was real skinny and young back then, too. It was like when he was... Before he was uh, a known person. And this book is his memoir, basically, talking about uh, his youth, his start into getting into the Culinary Institute of America, CIA as they call it, and then his first uh, ventures in working in kitchens. And he illustrates the types of people who work in kitchens, the types of crazy people who even venture into just starting a restaurant in general. And I, I'm i not that big of a cook. I'm not, I don't really watch the bear. It stresses me out, the idea of like truly being in a kitchen and getting into the thick of it. This book has changed my life completely. How so? I feel like, well, now I'm 30 years old. I'm a married man. I need to start having a little bit more pride when it comes to cooking and my relationship with cooking and, you know, being one to provide. Because... I've just always still been in that age where I just order on Uber Eats and I go yep, walk down the street. Eat. And yes, Patricia and I, we like to cook uh, an occasional meal together here and there. But this book has just oh, touched me in such a way where like – I'm And his writing is so good. Yes, it's like, he's like Hemingway. It's yeah. so on point. Yep. And, and it's funny. funny. And you know how he sounds too. Yes. So when you're reading it, his voice is just right there with you carrying it all the way through. And it's such a damn shame that he's no longer with us to this day. And I don't want to be conspiratorial mm-hmm. about the circumstances in which he died. You know, he unalived himself. But sure. you don't think that... I'm not sure. I, I think this is a... It's a complete made-up theory with no evidence backing it whatsoever. But I think that some men, when they are declared to have Hung. done done this on purpose, it was actually... The classic autoerotic asphyxiation gone wrong. People believe that about David Carradine, right? No, that was confirmed. That was. And I think that what happened was after that was like a confirmed thing that like publicists all were like, hey, if this happens, we're not saying that that's what happened. Because oh. it, he kind of got like ridiculed in the press for it. And it was like, he was like also an old man already at that point. He was like 70 or 60 or something. And it was like, that was, I think that was officially published that that's what happened. But I imagine. This is a thing that older people, I guess, do, and this is my theory, is that, like, they all told their publicists, like, hey, if I die this way, like, just rule it as a suicide. Because there was no note from him. There's no note from, like, some other people that died in similar circumstances. Right. And he was, like, alone in a bathroom, like, in the middle of a – I don't know. It's possible not that illness is a very real thing, and, like, it's, it's very possible that he just, you know, has a – Tough life and, yeah. a, and a strong past. I just I struggle with uh, wrapping my Same. brain about it. It's kind of a way to cope uh, with it. Of like, it had to have been an accident. Like when you read that book, you're like, how? How did this guy who has such this, uh, I don't know, appreciation for the world? And Dave Chappelle, have you seen his joke about Anthony Bourdain? No. Oh, he's got it? a really good joke about like uh, I don't want to sp- spoil it for you, but he talks about 
Anthony Bourdain and like this dude had the best job mm-hmm. in Hollywood getting a beer with the president like at whatever I'll, I'll yeah. let Chappelle tell the joke I, but. Uh, so yeah I started reading that on my Kindle no not on, on my honeymoon it was oh. uh, really great and I've read like five books while I was there I finished Lunar Park by Brett Easton Ellis if you like Brett Easton Ellis's writing it's a great little uh, thriller uh, mock memoir about his life and him being haunted by uh, a crazy obsessed Patrick Bateman fan and then I read a book called oh that's cool uh, yeah it's really good um, but I don't think it's like for everybody if I had to give like because I know a lot of people out there like to follow a lot of books that like Carly and Aaron read and Carly and I we actually just read one I think Aaron Aaron's halfway through it. It's Riley Sager's book, The Last One Left. If you're a big fan of Colleen Hoover and like the book Verity, which is like the only Colleen Hoover book I read, this is very similar vibes. It's set in the 80s. It's, I believe, in like coastal Maine or coastal Oregon. I'm not sure. It's one of those. And this girl has to go stay with this uh, this old woman, and she has to be her caretaker, and she uncovers this whole mystery in their house. Woo! Twists and turns all around, Mike, let me tell you. Really good fall, little spooky vibes. I read a book called Hidden Pictures. Don't read Hidden Pictures. It ain't that good. <laughs> nice little horror vibes, but... Oh, question I have for you, Mike. You know when you pick up a book and it will say like it's like uh, endorsements from other famous writers. Yes. Like Stephen King was right. like, amazing book. Couldn't put it down. Yep. Is that... Is Stephen King getting paid to give that positive review or did he genuinely read that book i think it's a mixture of both i think there are some authors that like license their name out to be used for endorsements okay and they probably have a team that like runs it by them to just be like hey are you good with this language yes okay and it's written for them uh and then i think there are other people that genuinely do endorse their friends books and I think there's probably a mix of both. I think if someone writes a forward of a book, that's genuine. Like, yes. you read, oh, you know, I don't know, Martin Short's forward was written by Jerry Seinfeld or yeah. something like that. You know, that or Mindy Kaling did um, the Duplass Brothers book. Exactly. So I think when it's that level, yes. But I, I think I have even heard interviews of people like saying that they've been presented with, hey, here's the forward, here's the blurb. Is this cool? Like, no, I wouldn't say that. Change it. Or yes, I would. Okay. That makes sense. But this one, like Stephen King on like the cover was just like, couldn't put this book down. It was incredible. I'm like, sure, Stephen King. <laughs> Do you know there's a guy on Amazon who sells Stephen King books, but he spells his name S-T-E-V-E-N King? Yes. And they're really like shitty horror books, probably written by AI, but people buy them because they think it's Stephen King's book. Yeah. How is that legal? Because it, he's a different person. Steven, S-T-E-V-E-N. I, and I've seen the reviews, too, where they're like, oh, this guy's kind of lost his touch. Yeah. Or like, now I think it's like, this is not the Stephen King that you know of. And people, I think, are probably aware the jig is up. But I would love to be one of those guys who just makes a fortune writing a kid's book. It seems like the best racket right? of like all time. Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. How much money did that guy make off Chicka Chicka Boom Boom? I saw some guy on TikTok with like the Daniel Mac thing where he was like, hey, what do you do for a living? One of those guys, some guy giving a tour of his. I looked into that one and I heard that guy that wasn't. He's a scam artist. Or he married it. He had a really rich wife. And it was and like the older guy with the long gray hair. Yeah, he's, he's like, like a new hey. children books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, he's, a, he's a liar. No, but there are really successful children book authors out there. I'm always fascinated by Mark Brown, the guy who did Arthur. Like, mm. and Arthur really transformed as a show. Do you remember, like, the book Arthur when, you know, yes. Arthur's in Aardvark? Yes. But original Arthur, he looked like a the first one anteater. He was kind of unattractive, yeah. but then uh, he slowly morphed it into being a little bit cuter. And that's just so cool when you get to turn it into, like, a full-on TV show. Dave Pilkey, you know that guy? Yeah, uh, Captain Underpants. God, what a genius. You, like what were the boys' names in Captain Underpants? Do you remember? Oh my God, Matt! I read every single one of those so many times with the what was it called? Oh, Fliparama. Fliparama. God, I can't. If you told me the names, it's I would remember. Harold. Yes. And oh, Matt, Harold and Maud. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but like he's got a whole universe. Harold now. and George, maybe. God, I think you might be right, man. Captain Underpants, and what was his catchphrase? Tra la la. Let's see. Captain Underpants. Yeah, I think it's Harold and George. The movie's actually pretty damn good. I watched it on a plane once. Plot, just, yeah. Jerome? No. no that's elementary school. George and Harold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, what a brilliant, like, that guy, what a, what a great life he must have. 
writes 30, 40 pages. Did your school ever not allow you guys to read Captain Underpants? Because it almost was a borderline comic book. Well, it is, I mean, yeah, it is. They but made it look like a chapter book, but it was like... It was a kid's book. Yeah. it was. But like, this is a theory I heard about reading is read what you love until you learn to love reading. Like, so many people want to be like, oh, I'm going to read the classics. I'm going to read The Brothers Kamarazov by, you know, some Russian author or something. Yeah. And it's so hard to get into reading. But if you just start reading, like, if something in a bookstore speaks to you, pick that up and read. Read the worst things you can read until you learn to love reading, and then you can start getting into the... I completely agree, because sometimes I'll hit, like, dry spells with reading, where I'm like, I don't know what book I really want to get into. Yeah. And then when you finally find that one that strikes that nerve, then you, like... I love falling in love with an author. Yes. And then I got to read everything this person's written. Yes. And then who did they know? Who inspired them? And then you start really getting into a good vibe. Sometimes I'm conflicted, though, because I want to read books that my other friends are reading because I want to participate about yeah. it. Because sometimes like reading can be a little lonely where you don't have anyone to talk yeah. about it with. Yeah. And same thing with like yeah, like the book. I want to like talk to Carly and Aaron about like the books that they're reading, but I just never get around to it. And do you like listening to audiobooks? Or you... I used to, but now I've stopped doing it because I sometimes just fall in love with like when I'm really reading the words that right. they're putting down the on paper. The romanticism of it, yeah. And sometimes I'm like, stop paying attention to uh, a book like yeah. when I'm listening to it. I'm more like a podcast. We'll be right back after a quick word from today's sponsor, Talkspace. You know, sometimes life can get you down and it affects your life. And you realize it would help to talk to a therapist, but you're not sure how to get started. Talkspace makes it easy to find a therapist that you'll like. It's convenient to meet online at home where you're most comfortable. Talkspace has made a huge difference in the lives of so many people. So do you think seeing a therapist or a psychiatrist would be helpful, but you don't have the time to actually find and meet with them or even afford them? Try Talkspace. By doing everything online, Talkspace has made getting the help you want easy, accessible, and affordable. Sometimes people wait until something bad happens to talk to a therapist, but why wait? You can get a therapist through Talkspace. Therapy can help shift your perspective, find tools to cope with difficult times, and be a guiding light. Getting started is the important part, so Talkspace makes it really easy and affordable. It's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions with your licensed therapist from the comfort of your home, and there's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. Talkspace lets you send messages to your therapist so you don't have to wait for your next. Talkspace is secure and private using the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store client information and complying with the latest HIPAA regulations. As a listener of this podcast, hoot and a half, you'll get $80 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash H. H. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash HH to get $80 off your first month and to show support for this show, that is Talkspace.com slash HH. And now back to the episode. Uh, I love Audible and my audiobooks. Like, I'm listening to the Anthony Bourdain book. Listen to it. It's like 30 minutes on the way here. I just got another chapter done. The is whole it... chapter on Bigfoot. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, Bigfoot. The guy who was his uh, former boss yes. and was just like a ruthless on making sure that all of his like vendors and... He reminds uh, me of Jared. Just like... Yeah. He sent in, you know, 38 pounds, but it was actually 36. I'm going to let the guy unload it and then send it back and say, hey, where's my full 36? Like, just, yeah. The way he writes also is so... Like, he's talking about margarine is not food. I can't believe it's not butter. I can. Like, <laughs> just like what a turn of phrase. You, there's, he's a yeah. It's a brilliant memoir, and sometimes I struggle too with like certain celebrities and like fake memoirs or having ghostwriters and stuff. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, I know Britney Spears just put out her memoir. I want to give it a read, and I bet it's genuinely her story. Somebody sat down with her and got all of it out. Yep. But I'm, I want to believe that it's actually her yes. writing it. Yes. You know, I think for a lot of people, that's not the case where it's it is a ghostwriter and they work with someone and like their voice is not, you can't really tell if it's their voice or not. It, it kind of feels more like a biography than an autobiography. But when you do find an author where it's like this is that guy's vo like Mel Brooks's biography. Oh, yeah. You hear his voice. Every word you read. Uh, Born Standing Up, Steve Martin. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Kurt Vonnegut books. You hear like his voice every time. So I haven't read the Britney Spears one, but I have flipped through like a memoir that purports to be written by the person it's written by. And you're just like, this is a ghostwriter writing it. And it's fine for some people, but 
I don't know. I, I like to read a real, a real person telling mm-hmm. their story. Dude, I, I watched a scary movie last night, and like, I just can't get it out of my head. This is why I don't watch scary movies, Matt. I need to stop a- watching scary movies alone. That's my habit, is because I right in October, this time of year, I'm like, ooh, got to pop on the scary movies, and I'll think I can handle it by myself. And th- I saw this Argentinian... Uh, was it in English? No, it was in... Subtitles. Subtitles. And it was still scary? Yeah. Like, reading the yeah. subtitles? Interesting. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like I'd have some sort of like a little bit of like this disconnection with it. No, yeah. dude, it was it was still it was very unsettling and like violent and I like the world that they created, but dude, I could hardly sleep because it just put I just wanted to take a shower after that film. Yeah, I don't see a reason to ever put yourself through that. But experience. it's like eating a hot spicy pepper. You know, like when you're eating like a hot pepper, you're like, God, this sucks, I hate it. And then suddenly, like a couple days after, you're like, I kind of want to eat that pepper again. <laughs> I just want to feel something. You know what I mean, Son? Yeah, I guess watching for me is like just a good, like a good actress, like a Kate Blanchett, just really killing it, or Kate Winslet. Oh yeah, that that's that's my hot pepper. I'm like, I just want to see a, a Tony Collette in Hereditary. Oh yeah, Phenomenal. see, but that's scary. I'd love to see her in like a nice rom com where she's just like the nice girl where the colors aren't muted and like she's just having a great time and being funny. Has she ever had a role like that? Yeah. Okay. I think so. A handful. Yeah, you should see um In that movie I bought you on VHS. The the Japanese, Japanese story. story. I still haven't watched it, but uh there was one that she did Mariel's Wedding. It's like her first movie, the Australian one. It's really funny. But your Halloween costume is great. Uh, thank you very much. I did Ash from Fantastic Mr. Fox. What with, the cuss are you talking about? Are you cussing at me? Don't buy that tree, Foxy. I love that movie. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, it was a really great costume. It was a DIY Ro- costume. Yes, DIY'd it all the way through. Did Roman Empire with me, Will. Connor, Franta, and Arden Rose were supposed to do it with us, but last minute they wanted to switch it up. Oh, what'd they do? They Connor was still his Rihanna's Navy, which oh. I never knew that Rihanna's like fan base is called the Navy. I never knew that either. Yeah, because she said like the Navy's better than the Army, or there's something like funny lines. Yeah, I mean it's like Taylor's Army, all that stuff. And Taylor Nation, I'm pretty sure. Colbert Nation. Is that what Colbert calls his yeah, people? Yeah, the Colbert Nation. And then, uh, yeah, those are my costumes. And then tomorrow... wait, so you just did the Roman Empire by yourself? No, with Will. It was what like... did Arden do? <laughs> I think she was like a sexy kitten or something. Mm, yeah, easy enough. Uh, but you were you what you did Back to the Future again, Marty McFly. The first night I did Where's Waldo, which we did on uh, Good Influences. <laughs> so threw, that was I threw that costume away. I left it at Ella's house. Uh, it, it's it's an easy one. I ran into another Where's Waldo. It's an easy costume. People like it. I don't really have the energy for all the effort, but um, we went to party at david's house it was really fun saw snoop dog perform snoop dog snoop d-o-double-g G. i could i i was surprised that david was able to really book snoop dog but on on halloween weekend i just feel like snoop dog would be doing a residency at vegas or right. some big thing i mean it's like a very popular party weekend but uh, and it's cool that he gets to play songs that he just gets featured on because like i don't know how many songs are just snoop dog snoop dog he's always like on a dr dre song oh, right. or on another song or like on a Fifty Cent song, so he was like playing. Uh, it's very cool that he could just play. How old is Snoop Dogg now? I think he's like in his fifties, maybe fifty Fifth, something. Definitely crazy. Did you meet him? No, no. I didn't even. I barely saw him. He showed up on time too. Well, well, remember one time Fifty Cent performed? We were there for like hours waiting for Fifty Cent oh, to really? arrive. Yeah. No, he was in the podcast room just chilling before uh, oh, he shit. came on. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt bad for him. Like the entire crowd was just phones in the air the entire time. Like. Guys, we need we, it, how an Instagram story is thirty seconds max. Like, get your shot and let's enjoy the show. Sometimes I still oh the, the crowd still was kind of like kind of bothering me too. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, you know, no, the best performance of the night was the uh, the uh, Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. Oh yeah, those girls killed it. Yeah, they were really in character the entire I, when, night. When we arrived to the party and I saw those girls, I thought they were just like some of David's friends or people who were attending the party, but they were so in character. Wait, were they hired or? Yeah. Yes, they were hired. Oh, I thought they were 
Oh. Oh, wait. You thought they were just like friends who showed up at the party and oh, decided yeah. to do it? Yeah. No uh, way, uh, man. Oh, okay, okay. These girls were 10 out of 10 Sanderson sister performance. They looked just like the real characters. Yeah. Well, one of the, the Sarah Jessica Parker character, I forget her character's name, uh, said, you are such a hoot. I think she knew who I was. Oh. And, that's pretty uh, cool. Shout out to her. She's listening. And they were unbelievable. And I remember like talking to them when I was at the party and like halfway through, I'm like, wait, are you guys like hired to be? here like like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and just uh, oh i thought they were like girls that were just like having a good time and i was like these girls are really dedicated to this bit oh they nailed it and they were actually singing it too which was really cool and they but i was like a little frustrated with like the crowd i don't feel like people were going that nuts for hocus pocus i mean i saw a lot of people taking pictures with them i, I just, is I, the roman empire was that a big costume this year it seemed like it like Outside of our friend group, because like the McLean, Colby, Jess, they all did it. Like yes. I know you did it. Is yeah. that like on the internet? Everyone's doing Roman Empire. It's like yeah, everyone thought everyone was going to be Barbie and Oppenheimer, right, which right. there were tons of that. But uh, yeah, that definitely was the um, that was like the big hot, costume of the year. Costume that everyone uh, didn't yeah. expect. What is your Roman Empire? Do you know? I know this is a bit of like an old like hot subject, but yeah, that was such like a huge trend. Where do guys really think about the Roman Empire? Uh, it's probably I have as someone I've obviously been asked this. I genuinely never think about the Roman Empire. I think it's a crazy thing that men think about that. I don't even know anything about it. Do you think some of the guys are lying? Hundred percent. About it. Yeah, there's a whole like I when I picked up on what the joke was is I that never these think guys are lying wanting to like to communicate to other what people. What do you what do you even know about the Roman Empire? Yeah, not that me. They not wore that like much. the red like mohawk helmets. And I know like, they defeated the Greeks, right? I don't even I don't know anything about it. I think about the moon landing. Big time. Like, do you believe that India landed on the moon? Have you seen that? They say claim they did, I think. But I think a lot of people have been giving India a bunch of crap because the footage that they're putting out is, like, it's not real. It's like the, the tracker. You know when you're on, like, an airplane yeah. and you look at the plane flying the, over? Yeah, it's yeah. like yep. a digital rendering of where you're at. That's what they were showing in the space station at India. And it was, like, this neon yellow... Rover. They crap. didn't put a GoPro on an arm on the outside of it. A like, lot of the footage that they've been sharing is like a little fishy. And India has been like getting mad at the rest of the world for people saying that they didn't make it onto the moon. Yeah, I don't know. I want to watch. How do you fool a country of a billion people that <laughs> you went to the moon? I, I have you seen? I mean, I'm sure you've seen the conspiracies that like Stanley Kubrick did, did the moon landing for the, for NASA, and that's why they gave him now all the I money. Now I do believe we went to the moon. Now I do. Once again, I'm seasonal on the moon landing. I've said this before, but I think I can't remember somebody who was talking about it recently where they back then there was such a huge, you know, uh, space race between the United States and Russia. Yeah. Why would they intentionally lie and cover that up to put ourselves at like risk with a whole nother country doing that big of a lie? That's that a good point. That, that, so when I heard that, I go, oh, then we definitely went. Because if Russia found out we actually didn't go, they would have made a huge deal of that. And they would have proved that we didn't also. Yes. They would have come out and said, yeah. I've never heard much from Russia right. from back then, and there wasn't much talk that they... Have you seen Room 237, the documentary? I love the. Do oh, I love that I documentary. I haven't seen it. I want to watch it. Oh, you haven't? It's on Netflix. I've the seen The Shining who, twice. For the people who don't know... Room 237 is a fan-based documentary about the movie The Shining and all the different theories about what The Shining means. Um, you know, some people believe that it's about the genocide of Native Americans. Some people think it's Stanley Kubrick communicating to the world that he had a part in the moon landing. There's a lot of stuff. It's a really kind of fun documentary to... Uh, it's on Netflix? Yeah. I, cool. Well, it was at least a couple years ago. Okay. I'm going to find where it is and watch it. And uh, do you know about that story about stanley kubrick how there was a guy in uh england who was going around faking that he was stanley kubrick he was like a no. con artist because a lot of people back then knew his name but nobody knew what he looked like yes he was and very mysterious there's a movie with john malkovich oh yeah based on this true story and this guy would go to bars or whatever and he would be ordering drinks and he'd be like i'm just it's been just so exhausting i've been on set all day filming movie and they're like well who are you what do you direct he goes i'm stanley kubrick and they're like oh but nobody could go home and Google what he looked like. Right, right. So people just believed him, and he would just... Have you heard him talk for real? Uh, like an interview with him? No, I actually He sounds haven't. like a New York City taxi driver. 
Really? When we were shooting The Shining, you know, I had a, uh, and he's just like some regular, like, New York guy. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear him talk, like, very blue-collar New York accent, like, I said to Shelly, you know, we got to get this, we got to get this pot right, otherwise we're going to, you know, and it's just he like. He died halfway through filming um, Eyes Wide Shut. No, yes, he, he died. He died. They finished filming it. It was, I think, the longest production. I just watched this movie and read the whole Wikipedia. They, it was like the longest shoot in movie history at that point, or something. It was like four hundred days of shooting. Uh, they did their first edit, and he had turned that edit in, and then he died. But he was notorious for turning in a first edit and then re-editing and re-editing, re-editing, like. Up until like the Thursday before the movie was going to come out, he was still doing new edits. So people say that it was unfinished because he only did one round of editing. Sydney, uh, who's the Sydney Lumet? Right, he's in that movie, correct? Oh no, Sydney Pollock. Sydney Pollock is yes. in that movie. He helped finish the editing of that movie. Yes, because when Stanley Kubrick died, and this is from like some inside sources, I don't know how much the world knows about this, but I heard this through some people high up in Hollywood. He died, and he had a bunch of notes on the side of his uh, nightstand, like a shoebox filled with notes, and he like fell off the side of the bed, like knocked all the notes down, like all over his body, and then they had to like pick up all the notes, and Sydney uh, had to put all those notes and like finish the edit for him that's what i heard from somebody who was very close i believe with it. the people but i i could totally be wrong and that may have been an embellished story this person right. shared with me right but i heard that that's how it happened also you know uh stanley kubrick i think is buried in his backyard that's kind of weird yeah can you legally do that i think so Bury yourself on your own. You can probably take some a uh, little bit of paperwork from the L.A. Sheriff's Department, but I've been having. Uh, do, do, how early do you need to buy the lot for your own? Uh, Depends where gravesite. Will you be buried? or Will you be cremated? Jews don't cremate. Oh. Always buried. Do you ha- do you guys do you guys get pretty expensive with like uh, a really nice coffin? Uh... <laughs> Or do, you, or do you try to go for a good <laughs> a good discount? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I don't think it's supposed to be like a very flashy. Yeah, because it's not like what are we doing here? You know, right? But I don't know. But just sometimes I realize it's like it's a, a plot of land's pretty expensive to bury yourself in. Yeah, I think Jewish cemeteries are also just a different like economic scale because it's only Jews in the cemetery, in the Jewish cemetery. Oh, that's right. So, so it's I feel like it. I don't know. It might even out. But no, I don't think about stuff like that. Do you have life insurance? No. Zane does. I feel like I need to get some. Why do you... is he? He's not even married. Who's the beneficiary? I think his family. Oh, that or makes he's sense. Like, he's set up a, a will for his whole family, too. I don't feel like he's talked about this, but do yeah. you have a will? No. When do you need... Uh... Probably now. I think it's. I think that's one of those things, once you get married, you want to get all that stuff done right. once you're married. Yeah, like Patricia's grandpa, he like had his like plots for his uh, burial site. Yeah decades in advance yeah and always had it planned and got it for a great deal but i don't know we were laughing at david's party about and this is for the audience because matt and i know what this is but we were pretty we're having a good time Uh had a couple had a couple of beers (laughs) yeah and we were both a little twisted up and you presented me with this idea for a bit that you heard reggie watts do oh yeah yeah yeah. can you explain this for the people i don't know reggie watts was talking about sometimes when he's ever done like crazy amounts of like drugs with his friends or uh or he's been really drunk or really really high to uh do a bit where you act like you're the most sober normal person ever like so and you're wearing your like fantastic mr fox costume <laughs> with like a mask on your face and like a patch on you and oh and, you got uh, a, oh, oh yeah sorry uh. and yeah it's like uh hey can you uh make sure you cc me on that email and um oh i just gotta go uh i'm gonna go clean the dishes or, or act like you're just uh out about being like your normal self it it's so kind good. of hard to do and it's really funny like while to try. snoop dogg's playing in the background you're like in your costume trying to act as sober as i can like, hey mike did you uh cc me on that email that we were supposed to talk about yesterday and it's just like i was <laughs> peeing my pants laughing it was such a good bit i have to try it again then we did it to ella we went up to ella and we were like ella pretend that you're sober and, and she's she still, like yeah. do you have a ride home i'm gonna i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna get my car if you want to call an uber we can call an uber and i was just dying laughing such a brilliant bit such a good time at that party. I definitely pulled the hand a little too much because the those light beers are easy to drink, and that fridge was stocked full of them. Oh yeah, and especially when there's like so many people who are at a bar. I'll always do like I end up double fisting. Yes, because I don't yes. want to go back to the bar. Yeah, 
But it was great seeing everyone and like costumes. Sometimes I don't recognize. I already have enough trouble recognizing people. But like on Halloween, man, it is so tough when people come up to me and like, oh, my God, so good to see you. Who? There will be wearing like a full face Hi of makeup you? with yeah like fun a, costume like uh, Hannah was in the car and she had a red wig on because she was being Ariel and Brooke was not wearing her glasses she goes oh my god Arden so good to see you <gasps> I was like okay <laughs> like it makes sense but I it's like I already have enough tr- do you have trouble recognizing people on Halloween uh, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I think I actually, like, it's funny, like, after a Halloween party, you'll see pictures from the last night. You're like, oh, that, that was so-and-so? I yeah. didn't even know. I yeah. just only go up to the friends who I can, like, kind of tell. That That's why them. I like doing a costume where you can, like, kind of tell it's me. I'll make it easy for people. I don't need to go. People said my costume was kind of scary. Which costume? My Ash costume. What? Why? I don't know. They were just like, oh, gosh, scary. I'm like, what do you mean? This is the cutest little costume. And someone we said, like, she just watched the movie that night. Who was it? I don't know. I can't remember. It was some, there was some coincidence. Some girl was like, "Oh my god, I just watched that last night." It was a good costume. Heard from today's sponsor, HelloFresh. That is right, guys. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinner time recipe rut. Okay, I deal with it, especially with Patricia and I. Sometimes we're like, "Ah." It just, life feels so busy, we don't have any time to make meals with just us in the comfort of our home. Now you can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. So many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from farm to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. We all know HelloFresh takes the hassle out of mealtime, but you didn't know that you can also save money? HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout, so that means you get an easy home-cooked meal on the table and more money back in your pocket. And as you know, we are big fans of HelloFresh. It is a staple in both of our households. I love getting my boxes delivered. Me and Adam will cook up a great meal. Matt and Patricia, if I'm coming over for dinner, they know the HelloFresh is coming out, getting out the chopping boards, cutting up the onions. We're having a great time every time we use HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 50hoot and use code 50hoot for 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50 hoot and use code 50 hoot for 50% off plus free shipping. Man, but it is so nice though that now the wedding is just finally done. It really is. Is there a calmness that you've sensed in your life now? Yeah, totally. Because it's been, you know, we've been wanting to get the whole new set together, but it's like, no, we still have the wedding. We got to do that. We got to do that. And now it's like, finally, there's no more project that we got to do thank you notes and all of that but i'm just excited for this like whole new chapter of like finally marriage has begun people who are listening if you were interested where my halloween was or if you were interested where my halloween village was this year i did not do it i didn't have the time (gasps) my mental hold on hold the phones dislike the video unsubscribe matt didn't matt didn't make it sorry if i let anybody down it and also i'm now living in a whole new place with Patricia. Yeah. It's not as big of a space that I used to have. You know, when I was living with Zane, we had a full-on garage where I could set it up. And now the uh, square footage is limited. So I'm where is to... your Lemax storage unit right now? Oh, it's all in the garage that we okay. have out there. So okay. it's all there. It's just I really, truly have to downsize, like, the vision I have for my Halloween villages. Hopefully one day if I have a bigger house, I can definitely make it happen. But I didn't do it. Sorry if I let any of you guys down. Honestly, I didn't even buy any, like, new additions to it. So... It wasn't like you were going to be seeing anything new. It was probably going to be the same thing, but I didn't do it. I took a little like quiet quitting on my <laughs> Halloween festivities. Will you be doing a Christmas village, you think? Yeah, definitely. But it will still be smaller than the yep. ones in the past. But, yeah. hey, that's what I got to do. I'm very excited for that. Um, and It's about time you got started, huh? I think so. What's been the uh, thing that you feel the most being married? Uh, besides wearing a wedding ring on my finger, I mean the whole that could time. be it, dude. I'm now. I was talking to Shelby and Sandy. I thought like, oh, you have to take your wedding ring off every time that you wash your hands. I think if you're like a girl and you got a really nice like diamond on, you take it off when you wash your hands. But with gold bands, like no gold is like I ha- I have this gold. Do thing. you sleep with that on? Oh, I never take it off. So I'm now thinking I should just start sleeping with the ring. Yes. Funny thing, when I went to David's Halloween party, forgot to forgot to bring my wedding ring. 
Like everyone's like, oh my gosh, let's see it. I'm like, <gasps> I'm just not used to it. Do you well because you're taking it off to like shower. You're taking it yes, off. Yes, to... I take take it off before I go to bed. And because no, Patricia does that with her ring all the time, and now I'm I like, think it's different though when you have a diamond. Yeah, that's like a different setup. And yeah, gold ring. I think you just keep on forever. Hopefully, it doesn't turn like my uh, hand green or anything like no, that. No, that's only if it's fake. Oh, okay. Fake jewelry will turn your skin green boy you Real know you gold. don't look fly them gold chains turn your neck green right that's because it's a it's a phony okay so that was crazy what at our friend's birthday party the other day someone was wearing a nice watch and you go is that real and he was like it's not oh yeah, yeah. So i've <laughs> but never it was the realest looking uh fake watch i've ever seen but i've just never heard i never i don't I mean i guess i'm sure i have at this point but like I just, I just don't know that like I would have ever seen a fake nice watch in my life because I feel like people either buy the real ones or they just don't buy them. But like, I still feel like five hundred dollars for a fake watch is way too much money. Like I think all fake watches should be a hundred dollars, right? Okay, you same thing with, buy... with fake purses. Like Patricia, when we go down to like New York, she always wants to go down to like you and know, it's like two hundred bucks Street, for a and fake I'm like, purse. Don't we're not say no to the two hundred dollars. Be firm on like seventy five or a hundred bucks. But but in the way that they look at it, it's like the real one is five thousand. Correct. So two hundred bucks instead of five thousand. But I don't get. I just don't get the what point. What is the best like counterfeit thing you've ever owned? I don't know that I've ever owned anything counterfeit. When I was a kid, remember Von Dutch hats? How yes. popular they were. You could not get your hands on a Von Dutch hat. Oh, God. And I remember when I went to New York when I was a kid, my first time ever going to the city, my dad took me down Canal Street, and they, and I got my first Von Dutch hat. And it was a uh, fake it one? It was a fake counterfeit? one. Yeah, and it fell apart. Like, Oh, did it? <laughs> I feel like that, though, like a piece of clothing with it's just like a hat and a stamp on it, it, it that's fine. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't but like, do you think it's rude to call people out if they have a fake thing? Yes, that was crazy. <laughs> I called out a girl in uh, high school. She had this like Chanel clutch wallet, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is real!" Like, yeah, like, oh, my well, parents got it to me. And I opened up. It says, "It says Hong Kong." I don't think they're making Chanel in Hong Kong. And she was like, <laughs> and she got so mad that I did it. But sorry, I do remember growing up. There was my parents were friends with some guy who was like a limo driver, uh-huh. and he claimed to have a hookup for real Louis Vuitton luggage. And that was like when Louis Vuitton print was like the coolest thing in the world, like 2003. And my parents, I think they spent like a couple hundred bucks, which I thought was absurd at the time, for like a full set of Louis Vuitton luggage. And they were like convinced because this guy told them it was real. It fell off the back of the truck, whatever. <laughs> and like I just didn't understand. Like first of all, why are you spending money? To look wealthier than you are because what you're communicating to the world is like, I have disposable income and we didn't. And it's like, <laughs> why would you like, because any in my mind, it signals to a thief like, oh, we can take a Louis Vuitton luggage because they could probably afford whatever else is inside of it. And Ooh, like, poor. it makes you more of a target to steal from. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really get the idea of like buying counterfeit stuff to look. I don't like uh, luxury items that are so heavy on like the branding itself right i don't like louis vuitton because it's all over the bag i think that that the point of those types of brands though is like signaling it's like you're signaling to the world i have disposable income and that's not real luxury real luxury is quiet there's that guy on tiktok that Mm. talks about like here's the real luxury brands that you'll never know about and it's like five thousand dollar shirts that don't say anything on them you know what the best uh purse though ever like the best flex the birkin yes a birkin man it's like the coolest. That's one that you should spend $20,000 on is a Birkin. Yeah. When you have a Birkin, everyone can go to hell. Really? Yes. It's a Birkin. You'll have it for the rest of your life. And and Birkins are like also made to like be beat up. Or like the more harder you go on your Birkin, the bigger of a flex it is. Is that the one too? with the orange box? Uh, Hermes? No. Everything of something else? Well, who well, makes Birkin? Actually, I think maybe Hermes does make Birkin. It's inspired from the uh, uh, the actress. Wait, isn't it Kate Spade makes the Birkin? No, no I'm way. maybe totally wrong. I, Bir- I think Birkin J- is uh, one of Jane- those brands that they, they don't even like. You can't even buy one if you want it. Yeah, it's Hermes. Oh, it is Hermes. $31,000 used on auction. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this uh That's the holy grail. This girl I used to date had a Birkin. Her mom was a Birkin dealer. Whoa. So when I went to her house, her mom's like closet was just full of them. That's badass. Yeah. Hopefully one day I'll buy Patricia a Birkin. One day. It, they they look so like 90s Julia Roberts mom that I 
I mean, I get it. It's timeless, man. I, I get it. I guess I get it. To me, it's the equivalent of like expensive watches for men. Like or, nobody needs a Rolex. Like it tells the same time, but because it has like the history, the mechanics, the quality, the the brand affiliation. Like there is yes. Does a ten dollar watch tell the exact, if not better time than a Rolex? Yes, but if you have the income for it and it it's something you want to do, go for it. But sometimes I don't like the luxury items. I'm not really like buying because I want to communicate to other people. Right. That, it's just oh, I have this. Don't you notice that right, I have this? Right. I think it's more just like I don't know the pride of like yourself and you being like. I bought this. This yes. is like my own little like thing. Yes. It is a very American thing, I feel like. Or maybe not. They're, I feel like French people are also always signaling their wealth and stuff. But like people who want a specific car, like I want the Range Rover. Like, or I'd meet like no girls. I'd be like, oh, if I just had a G-Wagon, I would be the happiest person ever. And it's like, <laughs> no, babe. Your deep unhappiness is not going to be resolved yeah, at the bottom, yeah, by the, the logo of, of your car at the end of a receipt. Like, it's just not... I do like, though, that my, my car, though, is, like, a little bit luxurious and does look nice in certain situations. When I had a Kia Soul, I was so embarrassed by my Kia Soul, especially when I was pulling up to, like, incredibly, like, nice houses or, like, occasions with people. I, I was do like, feel Ugh. that part of it. But that, I'm not saying, like, I, I think that there's judgment from other people. I would never judge anybody Same. by the car that they drive. Same. Absolutely not. Only only time I'm ever judging somebody by a car is when I know that they have so much money, and I'm like, why do you still drive this car around? Yeah. Like, that's my and it's it's when I know they can afford it, and I'm not doing that all the time. No, but I, I know, know I know some friends who've just been so smart, you know. Yeah, uh, like Ben Kahn, who drives like a 1988, yeah, whatever. Noah Beck, uh, I know Noah Beck has tons of money. He drives like a Nissan Maxima. Yeah, like brilliant. I'm like that, but in a way, I'm like that's like, yeah, because you don't. I mean, what's I kind of wish I was like that though. I do actually feel like I do buy the you, cars I have because of the pressure of like my friends. And if I, I wish I really didn't give that much of a fuck about what I but was you driving. Also, do you enjoy? Because actually, I feel like I would sleep better at night knowing I'm saving so much money owning a Honda Civic. Dude, when you look at like the price to just buy like a 2018 like Jeep, and it's like fifteen thousand dollars, and you just pay it off, and that you own that car. Yeah, must be nice. I know. Sometimes I like looking at like old school like. Land Rover Discoveries from like the nineties, though they had like one hundred and twenty thousand miles on them, but they're like yeah. seven thousand dollars. Yeah, but then you're oh, they're always in the, like the thing is with a car though, you do want it to be reliable. So mm-hmm. like there is a thing where it's like the, either you're gonna buy an old car that's reliable or, and it's not gonna be that cool. It's gonna be like a Honda Civic, which is will run forever. Toyota Camry, they'll run forever. Or you buy like the 1988 Volvo or like the Land Rover, but then you're always in the shop. It's not reliable, and that's like the and point. You have to pay car insurance still. On the it, right? point of a car is to get you from point A to point B. Is like that's the point. So I just want like a toy car. Like if I ever had that like fun car, if I ever had like a vacation home, that's where I would have the fun car. Right. Just like yep, puttering around yeah a lake or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh. What is your dream dream car? I mean, I know that you love I, your. T- you I own, have it, yeah, which is crazy. To Actually, me. same here. I, I like think about it. Car. I'm like, what? I wouldn't want a Lamborghini. Yeah, I wouldn't want some like Maserati, like douchey rich guy car. I don't get why people like drive Lamborghinis. Genuinely, I do not get the hype of it's, sports cars. Do what makes you happy. I'm not gonna hate on anybody chasing their own happiness, but for me, that's like the. It's like driving around a luxury handbag, and cars are supposed to be dirty. They're supposed to be used. You're supposed to put mileage on it, and you're also driving on a road with so many idiots. Yes, like, I know. I don't... Gonna, something's gonna happen. Yeah, and it, they're also just so. It's like they're like low to the ground. They're so loud. There's so many blind spots. It's in not it. that comfortable. I feel so every time I'm sat like in a yeah sports luxury car like I, a Lamborghini, I'm like, I, this but is some not people. For me. I think there's a couple reasons. One, some people do genuinely just love the craftsmanship and the artistry and like the history of an italian handmade sports car like that's something that is not typically that's something that you're not going to find in your regular american car dealership sure and that's fine like you have a hundred million dollars and like this is something you enjoy you like nerding out about the specs sure but there's also a cohort of people who are just like oh if i get this people will like me and i will be cool (laughs) and people will be my friend and i read a really good thing about like in the on the rolex subreddit uh, which i'm on because i just i like the idea of like nice watches and like i don't obviously own one but uh someone said when you buy a rolex you expect that people will respect you because of the watch that you have 
but that's the biggest misconception because all they respect is the watch. The watch is the thing that gets the respect. You're just a guy who's taking care of it. Ah. So it's like anything luxury that you're buying for the sake of, oh, people are going to like me for this. No, they do not like you. They like the thing. And I think that like mindset might help sway people who are like thinking that buying things will be like helpful to whatever hole they have inside of them. But that's not going to get filled. Like I always like to say, it's not it's not at the bottom of a receipt. But you you know what though? Like for me though, that gets me jazzed up about the person are interiors. Like if you you get it's off not on that. it's not the piece of furniture though that I'm so excited right, about. Right. It's kind of the opposite of what you're talking about. But the way someone's curated their own space, yeah. I'm like, this is a brilliant reflection on like you in your mind and how you see the world yes. in your own space and how you created it. It's appreciating get, art. Yeah. Like the artistry of a person making a space, there's something to that. There's a creativity to that. Buying something with a logo on it does not require any creativity. That's just like the barest way of expressing yourself. Like, Oh, I'm wearing a Louis Vuitton, whatever scarf. What does that mean? That means that your luxury is decided for you by some other brand. And it's mm. like, ugh. Mm. do we sound like elitist douchebags right now? No, I think we're just exploring the subject. If, yeah. the, if you guys think we're elitist douchebags, you know, <laughs> comment down below and let us know and put us in our place. Yeah. I but don't know. Chase it's, your happiness though. I'm just, there, there are, there is some level of like, you know, if you have a car that doesn't fucking work, buying a car that works, that's something to be excited about, right? Yeah. Like, if you can't, you know, if you're in a position where like the car that you have sucks and you get a nicer car, there is value and like genuineness and oh, I have a car that I love. And for me, I didn't have a car for. Did you buy your first car? Yeah. You had it from scratch. Oh, right. But you didn't have I a didn't car have when a, you were 16 or anything? My parents I, like let me Loaned, use their old oh, Jeep. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I had it in college like a couple weekends, but like I, I had three brothers. So like I didn't really ever have – I had my own car for like a couple years just in high school. But then when I moved to New York, I didn't have a car for like literally seven, eight years. And then I didn't have a car for the first year and a half of living in L.A. So all that savings, I was just like, yeah. And the, I also timed the market perfectly when i got my tesla like elon musk was cutting the prices cutting the prices there was a tax credit the interest rate was super low like i'm paying less for my tesla right now than people are paying for like a jeep cherokee have you been notified about your Cybertruck reservation i did not reserve a cyber oh, truck I think, didn't you reserve a rivian i have a rivian on reserve yes okay and that i'm conflicted about if i want or not that's like a luxury purchase i don't know if i need I saw some video though where like the guy had like a dent in like the the back and they tried to charge him like forty thousand dollars, yeah, to get that fixed. That's that, crazy. That's why I'm I'm on the fence about Arivian because it's such a new company and the cars are so new and they're so stressed with like production, right? That if anything needs to get fixed, they just total the car because it's going to take forever to get the part and it costs so much. There's no shops that are available to fix it. Like, yeah, it kind of seems like more of a headache than not to own one. But that's my other dream car is the Rivian, and I like could get it. But I just don't – I think it's just too early. Like I don't want to be a guy who's relying on like some new startup for my mode Agreed. of transportation. Agreed. Well, then don't get it, man. I know. But I, it's so fucking sick. I've never been inside one. I, there's a uh, – in Santa Monica, you can go and like do a test drive and they keep inviting me. They're like, don't forget. Come check out your Rivian. Like do a test drive and we, I can bring a plus one. Oh, Would yeah. you want to go with me to yeah, do that? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We'll vlog it. Let us know if you want to see that. <laughs> All right, well, this All right. was fun. This was really fun. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, comment. Go watch all of our other episodes as well. We really do appreciate the support. And hey, if you're loving it so much, go leave a review as well. It really helps out our podcast. Much love to you guys. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic fall season. And uh, the holidays are right around the corner. Much love to you guys. Mwah. <laughs>